Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, uh, would you turn with me to the uh, Gospel of Luke and chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read there are just a few verses, uh, well-known verses, verse 18 and uh, verse 19. These are the words of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, they're in red. These are the words that he spoke in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and verse 19. And then we're just going to go on over in uh, to Luke uh, chapter 10. Jesus said, if you haven't got a Bible, you can just listen uh, to the reading of God's word. But Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised or oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the day, now is the time, today is the day of salvation. And then over into Luke chapter 10, and uh, we're going to read from verse 30 verse 30 through the verse 37. This is a very well-known parable, a story, an earthy story with a great eternal spiritual uh, meaning. Luke chapter 10, I would say most people will be familiar with this parable. And uh, I just want you to listen again. I know it's very common, very well-read, very well-known, but I, I just want you to listen carefully to this parable. Remember, uh, a parable is an earthly story with an eternal significance, and there are lessons that we can draw from it tonight. And, and Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down, verse 30, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, and left him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by, on the other side, and likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in the oil and the wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, for whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, Go and do thy likewise. Let's pray. Father, we just ask again for the blessing of the Lord to be upon, Lord, the preaching of your word tonight, Lord, that you would open hearts and open ears and open eyes. Lord, you know every life in this room tonight, perhaps even those that would listen online. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that by the power of your Spirit that you would work in hearts and lives tonight. We thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're still full of mercy, full of compassion able to set the prisoner free, able to heal the broken in heart and to bind up every wound. Lord, we pray tonight to your work, even in this house, O oh God, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, this uh, was 
very much uh, quickened uh, to our hearts. Just uh, we were, I mentioned it this morning. We were away on holiday there. We had a great time with the lads, and good good to be away and get some time to refreshment. But one night we were just travelling back up, walking back up towards uh, the hotel. And as we were coming up, there was a, a, a bit of a commotion just on the side of the road. And uh, a couple of young kids had gathered round. And uh, there was a young lady, I, I said this morning, I, I believe she was, I would say maybe about 20, 21. But she had the frame of maybe a little girl of about 9 or 10 years old. She was very, very slight. And uh, she's barely wearing much garments, more just like a very flimsy little, little dress. And uh, she lay on the steps on the side of the road, and uh, she had a couple of wee dogs with her. One was a big dog, and uh, I was more afraid of the dog than anything else, but there was a dog, a couple of dogs, and she lay across the steps, and we could hear this, this, this commotion, and she began, to, she began to call out. She was weeping. Uh, she was... He just knew that there was nothing that could console her. And the little boys, the little kids that had gathered around, the little Spanish kids, just out of general concern, they'd run over to the store and they'd, they'd bought a, a couple of litre bottle of water and they came running back. And, and, and the little girl went into what is known, um, maybe some may not know this, but went into a full-blown panic attack. She wasn't able to breathe. She was gasping for the breath. She was opening her mouth. She was crying. She was calling. There was, it was like there was something going through her whole body. She began to contort and grab her hands. And whatever happened, she could not be consoled in any way. And this was just going on. Uh, and we stood and we watched and, and we were praying. And Nikki was over beside her. And we and obviously not knowing the language to be able to speak to her, but we, we just stood and prayed. In some ways, we did feel helpless and not able to converse with the girl. And, and there was an American lady had stopped also. And, and this went on for some time. And, and then some of the young kids with a, a bit of English began to say that as she began to share her life story, this was a life that was completely broken. Life that was completely uh, wasted. A life that had been abused and uh, raped and molested. And, and this young lady was just lying at the side of the road with, with no one, all the, the, the holidayers and everyone going on about their business. And here we find this young woman just lying helpless and hopeless, abused and battered and broken and wasted at the side of the road just as seemed as though abandoned by all. But I want to tell you, friend, tonight, this is very much the story that we are looking at tonight. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And you know, you, know, you might be here, there's some lovely young ladies that come along to our fellowship here. And thank God the, the Lord's hands upon their lives and they've been brought up in a great home and know the Lord. But you know, it's so important to remember there, but for the grace of God goes anyone in this room. A life that, was, that was, had no choice in many things that happened to her, but a life that was broken. And she's just one of literally thousands of young people today that have been abandoned and are broken. And maybe tonight there's someone in this room, someone that is sitting under the sound of the gospel, and maybe perhaps you can identify with, with this young lady. 
Your life is broken. Your life is ruined. Your life has been wasted. There's, there's so many things that you could tell me that have happened in your life that have left you empty and broken and bruised and battered and you don't know where to turn or who to turn to. Well, this is really what this whole message is about tonight because there's an answer in the midst of it all. There is an answer for a broken life. You know, these parables that you find, as I've already said, they're, they're very simple earthly stories, but they've got very profound eternal truths, spiritual revelations, and often what you also see in the actual parable, there's a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. We see here the certain man, and that certain man is basically it could be any man, any woman, just like that little girl over in Spain, but it could be any man or any woman. It could be a man or a woman that's in this room tonight. A certain man. The whosoever you can put your name right in there tonight, that's me. I've been on life's journey, but life's journey in this life that I've lived has brought me much heartache and much brokenness. Perhaps you can identify in some way with this certain man. The Bible tells us that he fell among the thieves. And the thieves here is a type of the enemy of your soul. There's an enemy of your soul. The Bible says that is the thief, that is the devil. For he has come but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that you might have life. And have it more abundantly. But there's a real thief. Destroy your life. That's the devil. There's a real devil. But glory to God, there's a real Jesus. And then there's the priest. And that's religion. How many people have turned to religion to find an answer? Can I tell you, I don't really care whether it's the Catholic religion or the Protestant religion or the Muslim religion or no religion. But religion will never help a man. Might get you to dress better, to talk better, to look better. But you see, friends, tonight... Your answer is not what we can do for you on the outward. Your answer tonight is found in Jesus Christ reaching in to the inward. The problem, the real problem tonight is not your surroundings. The real problem is right in the very depths in the heart of a man or a woman. We'll come to it in a minute. It's a sin problem. And then there's the Levite. These are those that had a great heritage and lineage and in some way they're good living people or self-righteous people, but they were no help to the broken and the maimed. And then there's the key, the key figure in the parable. And he's the Samaritan. He's the man that had compassion. And he's the man that had mercy. Can I tell you tonight, that's Jesus Christ. He's the man with compassion. And He's the man that has mercy. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God for the compassion of God. And then there's the vehicle. It was a mule. It was a beast by which this man was carried. Thank God tonight for the power of the Holy Ghost that carries us. Jesus saves us, but there's one that carries us. And where does He carry us? He carries us to the inn. And I want to put to you tonight that the inn and the innkeeper is the church and the believer. This man fell among thieves. 
Perhaps you're here tonight, you've fallen among difficult, hard times. It means that he was surrounded. He had nowhere to turn, no one to turn to, but he was surrounded by the powers of darkness, engulfed with pain and engulfed with turmoil. Nowhere to turn, no one to turn to. Do you know, friends, I want to tell you tonight, there's probably someone in this room, I believe it to be true, that doesn't know where to turn and doesn't know who to turn to. And I tell you, friends, that there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, around this building tonight that are in the same place. Who do I go to and where do I turn? When he fell among these thieves, there is three things that happened. I want you to listen carefully. There's three things that happened. The first thing is that they stripped him. And I want to tell you, friends, when we seen that young lady lying at the side of the road, I tell you what the devil will do. He strips you of your dignity. He strips you of your dignity. Everything, don't tell me for one minute that that young girl wanted to grow up and lie on the side of a dirty path. You see, the devil is so subtle and he's so deceitful and he's a liar, and he'll promise you green fields and bright lights, but I tell you, friends, the end is death. He's a liar. Stripped of his dignity. Stripped of his dignity. And then when he was stripped, he was wounded. Wounded. There are so many wounded lives. I'm not just talking about the exterior. I'm talking about the wounded heart. I'm talking about the wounded soul. I'm talking about the wounded spirit. I'm talking about the wounded mind. Broken on the inside. Broken lives. People calling out and crying out for an answer. Turning to all the vices of the world. Filled with abuse and darkness and manipulation and lies. But I want to tell you, friends, listen to me tonight. The thief has come to steal, to kill, destroy. But Christ has come that you might have life. Wounded. And then left. Oh, friends, listen there, but for the grace of God, listen, listen, listen. There, but for the grace of God, go any person or any man or any woman in this room tonight. And perhaps there's a few of us been lying on the street corner, but praise the Lord, He's able to save and He's able to keep. Jesus says, by chance, religion passed his way. I want to tell you, friends, one of the greatest curses lies across this land is dead religion. Dead religion. Has no answer, has no hope, has no life, has nothing. Nothing to offer but just religion. And then there's the, the Levite, the man with the great respectability, the self-righteous. They'll never bow down into the gutter of this life to reach down to a poor soul. But thank God for Jesus Christ. He'll reach down into the darkest pit and into the darkest hole. He'll reach down into your prison and into the place where you are. And praise the Lord, He'll lift you up and He'll set you free. 
See, every time in the Gospels that you find the compassion of Christ mentioned, every time that you find the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned, you know what also you'll find? You'll also find the miraculous power of God at work. Every time you find the compassion of Christ mentioned, you'll immediately, in the same verse, you'll come across the supernatural power of God at work. Can I tell you, and listen carefully tonight, I believe that the same God that we're reading about, the same Jesus in these Gospels, is the very same Jesus that's in this room tonight. I believe tonight that as much as he was full of compassion then, he's full of compassion and full of mercy tonight. And if Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever, which I believe with everything within me is in this room tonight, then him being full of compassion, he's here to do a miraculous work. A miraculous work. Not a work of man, not a work of a church, not a work of a preacher, but the supernatural work of God to set a prisoner free. We read of him in Matthew chapter 9 when he saw multitudes that he was moved with compassion upon them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as having uh, no shepherd. But you know what it says? That he healed everyone who was sick and every one of them that had a disease. Because why? He was full of compassion. He's a compassionate Savior. It tells us of the great multitude that followed him in Matthew 14 and 14, when he saw them, that he was moved with compassion toward them. And you know what he did? He healed their sick, the compassion of Jesus. When he sees a broken life, when he sees a life that is wasted, when he sees someone abandoned, when he sees someone that's in the grip of the enemy and, and brokenness, when he sees them, the Bible says he's moved with compassion. But it's not just words. It's the power of God to set you free. We read of two blind men in Matthew chapter 20 that cried out to the Lord, Jesus, have mercy on us, Lord, thy son of David. And he stood still. And he called them and he said, What will I do unto you? And they said, Lord, that our eyes might be opened. And in verse 34, this is what it says. So Jesus had compassion on them. And then, listen, and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Can I tell you, friends, there's a greater blindness than the blindness of a natural eye. And it's the blindness... It's the blindness that sin causes across the soul of a man or a woman. But in a moment tonight, at the cry of any poor soul in this room, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Your eyes will be opened and you'll be able to see. You're spiritualized. The leper in Mark chapter 1, it tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. And in an instant, listen, in an instant, he made him clean. Could I tell you, friends, tonight, that leprosy is a type of the sin that grips your life tonight. I don't care what the sin is. I don't care what the immorality is. I don't care the depths of the sin. I don't care if you're a drug addict. I don't care if you're a drunkard. I don't care if you're a prostitute. I don't care what you are tonight. But in an instant, by the touch of Jesus Christ, there's one that can set you free and cleanse you from all your sin. Amen. 
That's the hope we have for our nation. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even the devil possessed. You remember the man that was away up in the tombs, cutting himself, chained up. No one could help him, turned to everything. No one could help him. But when Jesus came and set him wonderfully free, and this man wanted to follow Jesus, this is what Jesus said unto him, being moved with compassion. Jesus said, go home to your friends and tell them the great things the Lord has done for you, that I have had compassion upon you. Compassion is a powerful thing. The compassion of Jesus is an awesome thing. The compassion of God, it moves God. God's compassion. It moves God. It moved Him so much that He left the splendor of heaven and came down to a sin-sick world and died on the cross for you. Why? Because He's moved with compassion. The great love of God for a world that's broken. Christ is the answer. And so we turn to so many things so often. But I want to tell you, Jesus is rich in mercy. You see, friend, there's an inner problem. I want you to listen carefully tonight. You're sitting in this room. You're not saved. We appreciate you greatly being here tonight. But the problem that you have is not the problem around you. Thank God for the great ministry and the going forth and Brent will be the first to say this. We'll put a coat on your back. We'll put a hat on your head when it's cold. We'll give you a toasty when you're hungry. But I want you to listen. I want you to listen very carefully. None of those things change the inner part of a man. None of those things will change. See, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned to our own way. I want to tell you what the real root of the problem is. The real root of the problem is one little three-letter word, and it's called sin. That's the problem. And the middle letter of that three-letter word is the word I. And I want to tell you, friends, I know this better than anyone else. That's the biggest problem. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to live how I want to live. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm going to make it through the way I want to make it through. I'm going to make my own plans and try and make it all work. Can I tell you, friends, your way, your way, and my way, just the, our own selfish way, will lead us to a lost eternity without Christ. Hell's filled tonight with people that did it their way. Sin's the problem, but praise God, Jesus is the answer. Listen to me. Sin is the problem, but Jesus is the answer to this sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a power tonight. We sang about the, that power. Thank God that echoing out through this room and through these windows tonight, there's that great song. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And the blood shall never lose its power. Hell hates the blood, the devil hates the blood, and the church rejoices in the blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin, sets the prisoner free. It's the blood. Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? 
Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? What should I do, Tim, in a broken way, in a broken life, bound with the sin of the world, bound with immorality, bound with all the devices of this world? What should I do? Well, this is what the words of Jesus. He said in Mark 1.15, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to listen what you need to do. He says, repent. Repent and believe. What the tragedy today in the modern gospel is that there's no preaching of repentance. None. Just come to church. We'll put a coat on your back and we'll look after you, but there's no repentance. I want to tell you, friends, unless you repent, as what the Bible says, ye shall also perish. With no repentance, you'll perish. Repentance is, the, is a power, it's a gift, but when there's true repentance, there's true conversions. Will you repent of your sin? Will you turn from your sin? You see, the moment you repent, what does it mean when you turn away from that life of sin and shame and that mess? You turn that whole life around and you repent and say, Oh God, I'm sorry for my sin. And the moment you believe, I want to tell you, the moment that you believe, the power of God comes into that life and you're born again of the Spirit of God and you're set free. See, you know what the biggest problem is today? People don't want to leave their sin. They're deceived by sin. Just another few months of this, I'll be okay. Just in our few years of enjoying the pleasures of sin, then I'll, I'll give my life over to God. Just another few months of just going out and, and just enjoying the things of the world. It, it doesn't look that bad. I'll, I'll maybe just dabble in it for a little while. And then maybe when I'm at the right age, I'll, I'll give my life right with the Lord. And then everything will be fine because I believe it all. But I just want to tamper or dip my toe a little bit in sin. I want to tell you, friends, oh, you've been deceived by the devil. He's a liar. There's no such thing as dipping your toe in the world and having a little bit of sin. I'm going to tell you, friends, he'll come up out of that old lake and he'll get the holy and he'll trail you down into hell itself. Jesus found this man and he can find you tonight. He's seen the wounds that he was stripped we see the Samaritan bandaging up this man's wounds as he got down into where he was. I want to tell you, friends, tonight, Jesus gets right down to where you are. Right down into the very depths of your sin. Jesus gets right down. He's so compassionate. He reaches away down low to lift up a poor sinner. And he bandaged up his wounds. It's great tonight, isn't it? He bandaged up his wounds. Jesus is able to heal your wounds. The wounds of a heart that's broken. The wounds of a life that is abused and wasted. I want to tell you, friends, there's not a tablet in this world that any doctor can ever prescribe that compares in any way or comes even close to the ministry of the Holy Ghost when he reaches into the depths of a heart and heals a broken life. Not a doctor can prescribe it, but there's a great physician. His name's Jesus. And he poured in 
Don't we love that song here? He poured in the oil and the wine. Poured into that life. He restored it. That oil and that wine, the kind that restores. Oh, it restores my soul. He found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road. Praise the Lord. And he poured in the oil and the wine. Has he poured in the oil and the wine since? He set him on his beast. And he brought him to the inn. He gathered this poor wretched soul up off the floor. Praise the Lord. What a Savior. Put him on his own beast. I say this reverently tonight. I'm just using it to bring the illustration. I believe that Jesus saves and Jesus alone. Salvation is off the Lord. But you see, the Bible says, tells me that he's a father to the fatherless. He's a judge of the widows. Is God in his holy habitation. And God sets the solitary in families. He brings the lonely and the broken and the maimed and the destitute that were once the prostitute and the drug addict. Those that are filled with the filth of this world and wrapped up in all the darkness of this life and he digs those treasures out of all the rubbish and he sets them on his beast and he brings them to the end. I want to tell you, friends, I believe in these are the last days I believe that we're in a world, I say this, I don't mean to say it in any other way in which I'm going to say it, but I wouldn't like to be a young person growing up again in the world in which we're in. I'm just saying that. This is my, my, my thought. You know, when I was growing up, it was someone who was the local drunk got saved or maybe in the paramilitaries and they got saved and everyone was delighted. And because there was a great heritage of the gospel, they were nearly in a suit, had a Bible the next week, and they were walking into the house of God, and everything was nearly, could I say it this way, was nearly clean and tidy. Just fitted in fine. But I want to tell you, friends, it's not like that way anymore. It's not like that way anymore. The complete breakdown of our society, the complete breakdown of the family unit, the absenteeism of the father in the home, the complete onslaught of hell against the family unit to destroy it. And we have a whole generation of kids growing up today. They don't know what it is to have a mommy and a daddy, to have a loving home. Homes are broken. Homes are abused. They've never had the privilege that we've had, that I've had, that many of you have, not everyone, of growing up in a home where there's a mom and a dad and there's a functioning family and teaches the way of the Lord and what's right and what's wrong and teaches the basics of life of how to say yes please and thank you and no thank you. And then the, the Lord begins to save the wretched and the broken because His compassion's still the same. Then he carries them in. And he carries them to the end. I want to ask you tonight, I'm talking to the believer, of course, 
to the Christian. To the saint, oh, it's great to see a decision. It's great to see someone say, I'm, I'm saved, I've given my life to the Lord. But you see, it's not just decisions that the Lord's looking for as disciples. And then I know so many would say, well, well, that's your job. Well, it's really, it's not my job. It's all our job to care for a broken world. Let me ask you, friends, when he carries them in, and I believe he's going to carry them in, I believe he's going to carry them in. I wonder, can he come to this inn? I wonder, can he bring them through these doors? I wonder, can he bring those that have been into the depths of homosexuality, into the depths of prostitution, into the depths of drugs, into the depths of this world, into the depths of sin? That, friends, I want to tell you something that we have no idea that's what's going on out there into the depths of the drug abuse and the molestation and, and everything that's happening in broken lives. And now he saves them off the old streets of Balnehench and off the streets of, of Belfast. You know, it doesn't matter how far you've gone or what you are and what the world call you, Jesus is able to save. Yeah. Then he carries them. wonder about if he carries them to your home. Wonder if he carries them by the power of the Spirit and you get a wee knock at the door and they're standing at the door. Perhaps there's a young lady just like this young lady over, uh, over in Mallorca and she's very little on and, and her eyes are sunken into her head and she's screaming and, and she's, you know the Lord just come through for her and who's going to teach her how to live a life? Who's going to set an example to her how to, how to walk as a woman of God and how to lead a life that's godly, a godly example? And even when she messes up and doesn't do, crosses the T's and dots the I's, but you're still going to love her and encourage her and begin to lead her on the way. Can she come to your end? Or will it be like Mary and Joseph? We have no room for such people here. But you might find a place somewhere around the back. We didn't boot Brent out in the manger, I can tell you. He felt like the manger maybe. <laughs> can he bring them to the inn? You know, Jesus has paid it all. Smart and said, I'm putting the down payment down. The whole thing's paid for. You know what that speaks of? Everything's paid for through Calvary. It's all been paid for. We don't have to do anything else. It's all been paid for. But there's a ministry. There's a ministry to disciple and to love the broken. And they come in and they don't smell great and they have no table manners and they don't know how to hold a knife and fork we boys sat in our house one day from a tent mission down the Enrich years ago. He sat around our table and he'd never had peas or broccoli before in his life. He didn't know what they were. Oh, I know I really appreciate the, the, the great ministry of the Borneo ministry. I think everyone in the church is ready to pack their bags and go out to Borneo the next day. It was lovely to see all those beautiful brown faces and would you sponsor a child and thank God for the wonderful uptake. But let me ask you a question. What if it was just 20 or 30 wee kids, maybe from Pole Glass, 
Oh, with Celtic tops on. We ginger herd kids, nothing against ginger hair, to say we grey herd kids or black herd kids, and we snottery noses and buck teeth, and this didn't look the best, and we're looking a sponsor. We're looking someone to pack their bags to go to pole glass. Oh, I like Borneo. I really do. I love Nepal. I love India. But what about the wee rascals running around Balna Hinch? Would you take them in? Would you sponsor them? Not just financially, I'm talking about just loving them, caring for them, showing them the ways of the Lord, being there for them. And when they mess up, you're willing to go around, pull them out of the gutter and say, come on. Come on. The ministry of reconciliation. You see, one day, saints, whatever you think, but I believe, I believe, and I believe that God in a sovereign way is going to start to save. Pull them off those old streets. And he's going to carry them in. I want to tell you, friends, this inn's open for business. And you're all the innkeeper. And we've got to be ready not just to see decisions, but to make disciples. Because what did the innkeeper say? I'm coming back. I'm coming back. He's not interested in how great your talents or your gifts are. When he comes back, he says, see anything you've done, any extra mile that you've gone, I'll repay you when I come. I want to tell you, friends, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. And I'll tell you whether you're a Protestant or you're a Catholic, two things, two things, very clear things, Sorry for harping on, but I'll harp on just another minute. Two things the Lord showed me when we came to Balnehinch. I'll not be part of that old ecumenical movement, sitting down with the priests and everything else, and everybody's together holding hands. And the other thing is, I'll not be part of that orange order and all that kick the Pope stuff. I got saved out of that. Because this is a place, whether you're a Protestant, whether you're a Catholic, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Hindu, whether you're up or whether you're down, whether you're black or whether you're white, all lives matter to Jesus. That's why we're here. I knew that wasn't going to be popular, but don't really care, because this is the gospel. The gospel's for everyone. The gospel's for everyone. And I believe he's going to carry them through the door. Are you ready? Will you take them home? Will you bring them for a meal? Will you buy them some clothes? I know we're very great in ministry. I understand that. Will you encourage them? Will you give a night up for them? Will you make sure they've got a bit of heat in the meter? That's Brent's job. That's Stevie and Trish's job. Come on. Will we be the innkeeper? 
that open the doors and say, bring them all. Friends, I'm going to tell you, we're so close to the end. But I'm believing for the testimony of Christ, the broken and the maimed and the diseased and the lepers. They're going to come. Glory to God, they're going to come. And may we be a body that ministers and loves and encourages. And may there be no stumbling blocks to anyone coming. Because there are a lot of broken lives out there. But he takes the solitary and he places them in families. And this is a family. This is the family of God. Let's pray together tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, we give you thanks for the great compassion of Jesus, the great mercy of God. Lord, we pray even in this room tonight, if there's one in this place, broken, one listening online, broken at the end, broken at the end of themselves, surrounded by the powers of darkness, not knowing where to turn, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Tonight, Lord, give them the help. Give them the grace to repent and to turn and to believe the gospel. And oh, Father, we thank you that you're able to set the captive free. Lord, I pray that we would be an inn that's open for business. That the whosoever can come. Lord, that you would carry them in. Lord, we pray, deliver us from Oh, self-righteousness, Lord, deliver us from, Lord, we're not like them. Oh, God, have mercy upon us, Lord. Lord, may we deal our bread to the hungry. Lord, it's the 11th hour, it's late. Lord, may we deal our bread to the hungry. Fill us with the living bread. Fill us to break the bread. Fill us with the compassion of Jesus. Fill us with the love of God. Oh, God, have mercy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Brother David, Jonathan, you come. Amen. If you need to speak to us afterwards tonight, you're not saved, you don't know the Lord. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you can speak to us afterwards. Amen. Let's stand together. Brother David is going to lead us in song tonight.